You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. I am so excited to once again be talking with New York Theatre Barn's Artistic Director, Joe Barros, and Associate Artistic Director, Jen Sandler. In the first part of our interview, Joe and Jen talked about New York Theatre Barn's legacy. Today, we are continuing the conversation with Lessons Learned, so stay tuned. So let's move now into uh, some Lessons Learned, because I'm sure you both have learned a lot of things. Um, so actually, my first question is going to be, what have you learned from each other from working together? Um, I've learned about um, the nuance and the importance of communication, um, dif- different levels of organization. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were really colleagues first, but, you know, we- we're friends, too. So just reminding always reminding myself that like, this is somebody I like, this is somebody I, you know, wanted to be a part of the company. This is somebody who I want to see succeed. This is somebody who's like career, like I'm supporting outside of just the work we're doing so that as we're building relationships with other artists, this is, this is an artistic relationship as well. And that it's just as important. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I just think every time I work with you, I respect your opinions as a person and also as an artist. And I think collaboration doesn't happen unless you listen to the other person. And I think that's why we work well together that, you know, sometimes I want to agree with Joe, sometimes he want to agree with me. And sometimes we agree to disagree. Sometimes we hear each other out. And I think it's really important to communicate and understand and lift each other up. Mm-hmm. That's but I think, I think generally we have good taste and, and our, our taste is a little different, but we, we yeah. know what's a good story. And we know, we know when a writer, like, I'll be like, Oh my God, I can't stop listening to half the sky. And she's like, I know. Right. It's like, it's like the conversation isn't just, we love this material. It's like, this story is like changing my life. It's changing mm. like my perspective on how I see the world. And I and think it's, I think it's that, but it's also, you know, the times when we don't, when we don't have that half the sky, you know, I had a show back in the summer called Clico that I'd been bothering Joe to listen to since like before the pandemic. And I was like, Joe, you have to listen to this. It's about the, you know, the champagne. And like, I like, I kept bugging and bugging him. And then finally when he listened to it, he's like, wow, this is really good. And then he, I, you know, there's a show right now I, you know, he's doing the same thing with me with, and, you know, it's, I think we need to, sometimes we have the same eye and sometimes we don't. And sometimes we listen to the other and realize that a show is great. Sometimes we don't. It's, it sounds like you have a great, you have a great balance between each other and, and you really know how to work with each other's strengths and weaknesses and how to mesh it all together to have this great balance. What, um, what's one mistake you made early on in your careers that you have, that has now turned into a valuable lesson for you today. I think judging the cover of a book too quickly, as far as a show is concerned, you know, I'm also a commercial producer and there's times where, you know, I, I feel that I have a good eye with when I think a show is good off the bat, but there's times where like maybe I pass on a project for any reason or another. And then 
the project ended up doing well. And I'm like, why didn't I jump on that? And, you know, it's for a variety of reasons. But I think sometimes if I stopped and judged something longer, maybe I would have had a diff- I would have a different opinion about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think for me, like, I just, I've got one, but I don't think, I don't think that way. Um, so for me, it's like, I think that because I said yes so much when I was younger, I, I might've said yes to pro- like Ooh. projects that I didn't love so much or that weren't really going to get me the attention that they needed. So I was investing a lot of time and a lot of stuff and a lot of content, but maybe I should have said no. But because I didn't say no, I ultimately, those opportunities, those those yeses Mm -hmm. brought brought me to where I want to be today, I think. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I always, every time I have like an intern or anyone I'm mentoring, they ask me like the big piece of advice and I'm like, say yes to everything in the beginning. And it's true. And you sometimes Mm -hmm. there's things where like, I'm like, why did I, yeah, why did I say yes to that? But everything shapes you and everything happens for a reason. I'm very much apt to that. Yes, me too. I I, I mean, when I first started doing my interviews, I would say, yes to everybody and then eventually you get to a point where where i could be a little bit selective you know if something just doesn't speak to me you know i want to interview people that that their story speaks to me in on some level so um but but it is important to say yes to everything or as much as you can because you never know where that is going to take you yeah yeah for for instance like a few years ago Eric Schaefer, who I, I was his associate for so long, he was working on a project, a new musical that was going to be developed in China, told in Chinese, and then brought to America. And it was called Road to Heaven. And it would use uh, a, a song catalog of a famous Chinese pop star named Jonathan Lee. And Eric could not, um, he couldn't be a part of the process. He couldn't be a part of the a reading in New York. So I was brought in to work with a, a, an entire company of um, Asian actors um, the entire show was in Chinese. So our script was in English, Chinese characters, and pinyin, which is phonetic Chinese. And I had the task of putting this reading together, and it was incredibly hard. And I didn't know why I was chosen to do it. And for for days and days and days, I thought, I, I need to quit. I can't be here. But uh-huh. we got through it. The cast was incredible. The piece was really wonderful. John Dempsey, uh, as in John Dempsey and Dana Rowe, the writers of The Witches of Eastwick, Brother mm-hmm. Russia and The Fix, um, had written the book. And because of it, because I was in the right place at the right time, I ended up in all these marketing photos with all the collaborators of the show at Sardis, like I was this big part of the team. Wow. And then I got hired to go to China to work with a company called Kashimawa, all because I was in the right place at the right time. And now I work with this company to develop Western style musicals in Chinese for family audiences um, in China. And it's oh my God. now it's like a big part of my life. That's incredible. You see, you just never know where something is going to take you or yeah. what opportunity it's going to present. I wanted to say no. And I said, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. What's the biggest thing you've learned about yourselves from running New York theater barn? We were meant to do hard things and, um, that we can get up that mountain if we put in the work that I think this has been a hard time, but I think we've pushed ourselves more than we ever expected to push each other during a pandemic. And the payoff has been electric and important. And I think you used, you used a great metaphor, Adam, at the beginning of this, 
uh, presentation, you said something about what we can reflect back to audiences. And I think that, mm-hmm. that this, this metaphor of the looking glass, the mirror, Alice in Wonderland, this, mm-hmm. this concept of we're not seeing the world as it is, we're seeing it as we are, is also part of it. To be able to take a story and to give it so much time, to tend it so much, to, to, to give the artists everything that they want to tell the story in their way, and then for others to see themselves inside the story is exactly, it, it's, it's at the intersection of art and policy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's something that separates us from politics. Art and politics are separate, but mm-hmm. it allows us to dig deeper in a visceral communal way. And I think we're looking at our programming under a magnifying glass like more than we ever have. Like, you mm-hmm. know, when I program the new work series now, I always offer all the artists their spots and we really think about it. It's not just like you're free on the state. Yeah, you can go here. We think about who compliments who. We think about what stories should be with what stories and what artists should be on the same bill. It's 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 a science and it's really important and exciting. Um, let's take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Joe Barrows and Jen Sandler. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For the fourth year in a row, Don is partnering with iHeartRadio for Can't Cancel Pride, a campaign that has raised over $11 million for the LGBTQ plus community. Don continuously strives to celebrate visibility and inclusivity for all, and that means supporting amazing organizations like Centerlink, providing safe spaces where over 52,000 community members go each week to receive critical and life-saving services. Don is there for your home, or your home away from home. So visit can'tcancelpride.com to learn more. Hey everyone, my name is Jen Sandler and you're listening to Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And now we're back. What is something you wish you could tell your younger selves that you feel would have saved you from a mistake or heartache, either in your life or your career? You know, I feel that everything happens for a reason. So, you know, I I don't ever want to take back anything that happened. But I was also, you know, like everyone, and I, I feel like I talk about this a lot, especially during this time. I was one of those kids who thought they wanted to be an actor when they were in high school, went to college as a musical theater major, left as a theater admin major when I graduated. And I, you know, I wish, I wish that I knew that there were other careers in the theater besides being an actor and that, you know, I didn't have to push myself to be this Broadway star that this triple threat I knew I wasn't. And I think, you know, I want, I want, you know, I want kids to know what's available to them in the arts. And I, you know, I wish I, I knew that earlier, you know, I, and I still, mm. I, I don't regret any of the paths because I think all of those things got me to where I needed to be. But mm-hmm. I always 
I really want that to be something, you know, kids know that there's more than just stage managers, directors, and actors, that they need another's press reps and producers and everything. Yes, I think that's a great point to bring up because so many people I do feel they're like, oh, I can do, I can either be an actor, director, producer, writer. And it's like, no, there's this whole other segment. I mean, there's advertising, there's, you know, like you said. Designing. Designing, costuming. Um, Company management, general management. Yes. So many. Yes. So many things. So I think it's important to to bring that up and, and I'm glad you did. For me, um, it's... <clears throat> Like it's three mantras that I actually tell my students because I've, I've discovered that they're my mantras too. If you believe in yourself, you will become yourself. Choose success and gratitude is the attitude. And part of choose success is, in fact, my students made stickers with my face on it that says choose success. They're all over their computer. Part of the choose success um, mantra is, choose success because failure is not choosing. Mm. You, it's it's literally like you, if you make a choice, if you put in the effort, you'll get something back. And with gratitude is the attitude. Um, it just, it, it has a nice ring to it and it's something you can remember, but the more you thank yourself and the more you thank the universe for its gifts, the more it thanks you back and mm. the more it acknowledges you. It's just, it's literally scientific. It's almost like, if your attitude is gratitude, it's almost a form of prayer. It's a universal form of meditating and letting the earth know you're grateful for its gifts. And, and it always, it always returns. Mm, I love those, especially the, the gratitude and thanking, thanking the universe and, and choose success. Those are great. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, well, that's all. Oh, no, I have one more question for lessons learned, which is probably like my favorite question in this section is uh, what have you learned from playing your favorite game on your phone? Oh, my favorite game on my phone is weirdly Tetris. And it's been for a very long time. I was like on the subway to Inwood this weekend from Hell's Kitchen. And that's a long ride. So I was playing it this weekend. <laughs> um, and I think every everything has a spot. Everything has a place they fit into. You just have to do the work to make it fit. Mm, yes, I like that. So the only game that I play on my phone, and I play it so that I can keep up with my boyfriend, is Pokemon Go. <laughs> and, and for those of you who don't know what it is, it's it's an interactive game that's literally like linked to the map of the world, and um, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. It's sort of like video game meets a movie meets a musical in a strange way, and What's that? It's a musical. Musical. Well, you know, it's it's an it's an adventure. It's like an adventure video game. But for me, what I've learned is, you can. It's very intricate, and you have to do it while you're walking. And just like life, you need to make sure you stop and look up every now and then <laughs> while you're doing it. <laughs> I was just about to ask if you're playing it while you're walking, aren't you nervous that you might bump into something or trip or? Well, what's funny is when you're when you're in a car, uh, uh -huh. and I've only. Yes, I've only opened it when I wasn't driving the car, when I was like in, a, in an Uber or something. But if you, you do it in a car, it like literally shuts the, the thing down. And it's like, if you're in a, you're going too fast to be able to do this and you have to tell it like, oh, I'm not the driver. Like, it's okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's like, That's maybe you shouldn't cool. be doing this right now. Because <laughs> you're, you're not, you're going at the speed you shouldn't be going. Oh my That's God. cool. We are already, we're at the end of the interview. Um, and I always end my interviews 
playing off of the title of my podcast, Burying It All with Call Me Adam. So if you were to bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you haven't talked about previously, what would you share with me today? Wow, I share so much about my life. I'm like, I know. (laughs) Oh, I have one. My guilty pleasure when I can't go to sleep is I watch Megyn Kelly today interviews. Oh, interesting. And I feel like, no, she is like, I know she's like kind of not a good person and isn't on TV anymore for a reason, but like she did good stuff on her show. Like, mm-hmm. Sorry, not sorry. Oh my God. I have like so many cool things. I was like, I made falsettos when I was 16 in my backyard. Oh, I have one for you. you. You're really good. Or you like to make matzo ball soup a lot. And I think it's really cool. Oh, I do, I do. Well, I do love to make matzo balls. This is a good one. I do love to make matzo ball soup, but I do love soup. In fact, if you were like, I'm like, I'm starving or like, I need something. I'd be like, all I need is like broth and a mug and I'm fine. I just love soup. Um, I make a weekly chicken vegetable soup. That's like amazing. Uh, when I go to Asia, I'm like in heaven because they have soup everywhere and noodles. So yes, I'm a soup person. I'm crazy for soup. I could live on it. But you've just started matzo ball in like the last year and I'm crediting myself with it because I'm Jewish. I love matzo ball soup. It's 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 warm, it's salty, it's got mm-hmm. it's got bread. It's and great. you tried latkes as well. Oh my god, I love latkes. Oh my god. Um when am I getting my my um serving of matzo ball soup and latkes? <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it happen. Okay. I would love that. Well, thank you both so much for coming on the show today. Um, before we go, just remind everybody where they can find you on social media. I'm at Jen Sandler on all social media platforms, except I'm re- not really on TikTok, everything else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, I'm B is for Barros. And I, I'm. you can just search my name on Facebook. Yeah. Cool. And where can they find New York Theater Barn? So it's nytheaterbarn.org is our website. Um, we're also on Instagram and on Facebook and not um, on TikTok. Not on TikTok. <laughs> and it's nytheaterbarn.org slash give if you would like to give. Yes, please give. They do incredible work. And um, we can't wait to see all the new things you continue to create. And um always just remember here at the Broadway Podcast Network, I mean, we have thousands and thousands of hours of podcasts to listen to. So keep listening. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him at all the place for the business of show. Call me Adam.com Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam everywhere you stream podcasts. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, callmeadam.com. Follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you really want to get involved, support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my Patreon family. Visit patreon.com slash callmeadamnyc. There, you'll get a variety of backstage perks, including advance notice of interviews, the ability to submit a question to my guests, and everyone's favorite, swag. 